Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to begin with verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So he gives us a definition of faith. He said, Now faith is. This is what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now everybody needs to have hope. Everybody needs to get up in the morning with hope in their heart. Everybody needs to live with hope. What is hope? Hope, for one thing, is a favorable expectation. What is your expectation for today? What is your expectation for uh, tomorrow? What is your expectation for next week? Or what is your expectation for this month or this year? What is your expectation for the next five years? Do you have great expectations? Because your expectation and uh, your hope or we'll say a desire. Hope would be a desire. Hope would be a dream. Do you have any dreams? Do you have visions for your future? Do you dream concerning what tomorrow may hold for you or what next week or next month or next year may hold? What is the next five years? Do you hope uh, in your marriage to grow old together and, you know, one day you're going to die? Of course, but uh, you want to grow old together. You don't want to just have three divorces in your relationship in your life. No, you want to uh, grow old with the mate that you're married to right now. Perhaps you have uh, been through a divorce, but that doesn't mean your life is over. Thank God you can live again. And you can have hope in a new relationship. In the relationship perhaps that you're in right now, or uh, you can have hope that God can give you a mate that'll love God and love you. So in all of life, no matter what has occurred, or what has transpired in your life, you need to live with hope. You need to get up with hope. And every day you need to envision that there's something good going to happen to me. Rather than living with expectation for the negative, you need to live with the expectation for good things. I mean, good things can happen to you as well as anybody else. But he tells us really how this hope can be realized in our life. He said, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you could have a hope but never realize your hope. You could have a dream but never realize your dream. You could have desires in your life but never have those desires fulfilled. Well, that's not God's best. That's not God's will. God's will is that you would have your hopes and your dreams and your desires fulfilled. And he tells you how. Faith is the substance. Everybody say substance. It's the substance of things hoped for. So faith puts substance to your hope. Faith puts substance to your desire. Faith puts substance to your dream. Praise God. You don't have to be dreamless or hopeless. You can have a hope. You can have a dream. You can have a desire, but you can see it fulfilled. Faith is the substance. Now, another translation says faith is a title deed. A title deed, a title, gives you the guarantee that it belongs to you. You could walk onto a piece of property. You could shake hands, make an agreement, have a verbal agreement, but then that contract is written up, and then uh, perhaps you're able to pay cash for the deal, and you get a title deed. Nobody else holds title. You hold the title. Has your name on it. You don't have any lien against it. It's been purchased. 
Praise God forever. Do you realize that God, through redemption, has purchased every good thing that you'll ever dream about or ever need in your life? Praise God. It's already purchased through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you have an inheritance in Christ Jesus, that you're an heir of God and a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Well, Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1 is that you would know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance. In other words, your faith can rise because you come to know what inheritance belongs to you. And if you know what belongs to you, by faith, you can exercise your uh, faith in action. Praise God. And you can believe that you receive the hope or the desire or the dream in your life. Well, it's provided for, it's paid for, but you have to add your name to it. In other words, you have to put your name on the title. And faith is the title deed. It says that land belongs to me or, it, or that, uh, that desire or that dream belongs to me. It puts some substance. So, of course, when uh, you have a test and in life, and all of us do. If you're waiting for no tests, you might as well just figure out that that'll be in heaven. It won't be down here. So long as you're here, you're going to have some challenge to your faith. That's why Paul said it this way, fight the good fight of faith. Now, when I was uh, growing up, I had a few fights in my life, and so I learned that you got to fight to win. You can't, you can't back down. You can't, you can't play scared because you're already whipped. If you think you're whipped, you're already whipped before you swing a punch. Amen. So you got to think winning. You got you to have a winning attitude. Now, to me, a good fight is a fight that you win. Now, some of you are looking at me like, Pastor, you still like to do that? Only if necessary. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I never did really like it, I don't think. I just had to survive. And so you got to have a fighting spirit when it comes to life. Not fighting people, but fight the devil. And you've got to have a winning attitude, and uh, you got to fight the good fight of faith. Now, good fight is a fight that you win. It's only people that are drugged or, on, uh, or drunk on alcohol that think that they had a good fight when they've been beat to a pulp. <laughs> and so, you know, if they hit you 25 times and you hit them once, that's not a good fight. <laughs> but in life, you need to have a, a spirit of faith that says, I'm fighting the good fight of faith. That means I'm going to win this fight. When it's all over, I'm not the loser. The devil's the loser. Uh, the spirit of this world is the loser, and I'm the winner, and God's the winner, and God's on my side. And if God be for me, who or what can be against me? Praise God. So I have a spirit of faith that says I'm winning. Amen. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, you're not going to quit until your dream is realized. That's your faith project right now, and you're not giving in to reasoning. You're not giving in to your natural mind that says you can't have it, and to people sometimes that will discourage your faith or discourage you from believing. 
You can't, you can't give in to that. You have to maintain a spirit of faith and fight through that. Fight your natural mind because sometimes your natural mind says that you can't have it or you can't do it. But I like the Apostle Paul. He said, I can do all things through Christ. We sang about it earlier. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, we're not talking about living a cocky lifestyle. You think you're so hot to trot. And you're so tough in yourself. No, we're talking about knowing who you are in Jesus Christ. Having a confidence in God that God lives in you and that greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. If God's in you and Christ is in you, you can win. If he's living in you, you can win against any obstacles. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I've got some substance. I've got my title deed in hand on the way to my dream being fulfilled. So if you stay full of faith and you keep, your, keep the Word before you and you continue to walk in the light of the Word, then you're not discouraged between believing and receiving until the dream is fulfilled. Now then he goes on and describes faith. Look at your Bibles there. He says faith is the evidence of things not seen. So that tells me I've got some evidence before I see anything. That tells me I've got some evidence for my hope being fulfilled before I see a manifestation. I've got some hope and I've got faith that says I've got evidence that my hope will become a reality and it's already a reality as far as I'm concerned. I see it done. Faith is believing you have received, not just believing you're going to. Hope is future, but faith is now. That's why he said now faith is. He that comes to God must believe that he's going to be? No. He that comes to God must believe that he is. He's an ever-present I am. He's always. He's always now. God's not in your future. God's now. You say, when you get there, He'll be there, but God is right now. When you come to God, you got to believe that He is. And faith is now believing that you receive right now. Now, let me give you an illustration and using the Scripture to do so. Over in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, it said, What things soever you desire. Everybody say desire. desire. So desire, again, is hope. You have a desire, you have a hope, you have a dream. But he said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. So when is it that you believe? He just told us, didn't he? He said, when you pray. When you pray, believe that you receive them. Other translations say, believe that you have received them. So you believe you have received when you pray. And then he said, and you shall have them. In other words, you've got to believe that you have received in order to receive. One translation makes it real simple. It says, you believe that you got it, and you'll get it. That's not a contradiction. That's what faith is. Believe that you got it, and you'll get it. If you believe now that you've got it, then you shall get it. Some people want to get it and then believe it. Well, you don't have to believe it when you got it. There's no faith in that. You don't have to believe you got something that you already have. You don't have to hope for it. 
You don't have to believe for it. All you have to be is intelligent to know you got it. No faith is required. If you own a car and it's paid for, you don't have to believe it's yours. It's yours. But if you have a dream, you have a desire, you want a certain car, then you'd have to believe for that. You're going to have to have some faith. Right? Exercise your faith to believe that you have received. Praise the Lord. You can't go into that car dealership and say, I hope I have this car. <laughs> no, you got to have some faith currency. Isn't that right? You got to have some money. You got to have some money and faith to produce it. Because they don't let you walk out. Now, of course, they'll let you walk out with a small down payment, perhaps. But they send you a little notice. That right? You got to pay the bill. So it takes faith. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, you got some evidence before you see it. If you need healing in your body, you've got some evidence before you feel it. Now, in your natural reasoning, in your natural body, your body says you're sick, but Jesus' words and God's words say that you're healed. Which are you going to choose? I'm going to choose God's word. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, Who his own self bear sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. The tenses in God's word are important. He said, By whose stripes, Jesus' stripes, you were healed. My faith is in God. He's spoken his word, which reveals to me what Jesus has done for me. Jesus, through the redemptive work of Christ, has borne my sicknesses, carried my pains. He bore it in my place. So therefore, my faith is how I receive what Jesus has done for me. So I have to choose to agree with God over my feelings. I have to choose to agree with God over my natural mind or my natural reasoning. Faith is believing in something you cannot see or something you cannot feel or something you cannot touch, but you believe it. I can't touch God in the sense of just reach out and touch him, but I believe that he is. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Well, I can't touch him, I can't feel him, I can't see him. I mean, you know, you may feel the presence of God. The Holy Spirit may uh, touch your body and make you whole, but you understand just by your natural reasoning or your natural sensories, you can't relate to God in that way because God is a spirit. And they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. If your relationship with God is based upon your feelings, I can tell you, you're up now and you're down you're up, you're down, all around, everywhere. Your faith can't be based on your feelings. Now, thank God for good feelings, but what if you don't have good feelings? Do you still have faith? Of course. Do you still believe God? Of course. So you don't let your senses or your natural mind or your reasoning dictate to you what you believe. I believe God. 
So my faith is based on the Word. Let me give you another scripture, Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. All right, so if the faith has come by hearing the Word, then faith must be based upon the Word. Say it again. If faith comes by hearing the Word, then my faith must be based upon the Word. What produced faith in my heart was hearing the Word of God. Well, if it is the Word of God, then my faith would be in God, wouldn't it? For example, Minister Floyd said, I'll be there at 730. I'll meet you there. Then your expectation is that Minister Floyd is going to show up at 730, not 830, not 930, not 1030, but what? 730. Based upon what? Based upon his word. So your word is important. My word is important. If I give you my word, I'm expecting to fulfill my word. If, there's any, if there was some odd reason that I couldn't fulfill what I've said because I'm not God, I'm human like you, just pinch yourself. Well, you don't want to pinch yourself? Neighbor, pinch them. No, I'm just <laughs> You're human. And, and so you might fail, but God cannot fail. God's word is eternal. But I would let somebody know. I'd call them up and say, listen, uh, this occurred. If you would please uh, uh, forgive me, and I'll be there at this time. Why? Because my word is important to me. What I said, I'm going to do. Now, if my word's important to me, you know God's word's important to him. Now, your believing in me is based upon my word. Your believing in God is based upon his word. So if his word is good, and it is, I said his word is good. So God's not a man, the scripture says, that he should lie. God, the scripture says, cannot lie. And not, it's not that uh, he, he doesn't just choose to. He doesn't choose to because that's his nature. He's not a liar. We know who the liar is. Satan is called the liar and the father of lies, and, and he is totally contrary to God, right? So God's word is truth. God's not a man that he should lie. God keeps his word. So your faith is based upon the word, and your faith is in God. Now, I believe when I don't see. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not what? Seen. So I believe before I see. When I pray is when I believe. When I pray based on the word, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. So you settle it in your heart first. Because faith is of the heart. And so you have to settle the word in your heart. Be convinced that God's word is true. How do you do that? Well, you meditate upon the Word. When you hear the Word preached, that's not, that's not uh, enough in your life. You have to take that Scripture that you heard, and you need to meditate on that Word. Let it become part of you. I mean, if a chef cooked a nice meal, the waiter brought it to your table, that's not enough. Is it? How many of you would get up and just go pay the bill and say, I didn't really want to eat. I just wanted to order. 
I just like to see nice meals prepared. I just like to see the way they lay it out on the table. No, intelligent people don't do that, right? Well, in Christianity, you have to eat the word that is served. I can prepare the meal. I can pray. I can study. And I can deliver the meal to you. But you have to eat the word. You have to receive it. You have to meditate upon it. And meditation on the word is a way that you eat the word and digest the word. When the word gets in you, what does it do? It produces just like food. It produces energy, doesn't it? When the word gets in you, it produces faith. Now, faith, when it is released, produces power. And the power of God is released in your life to produce whatever you're believing for. Hallelujah. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have received them and you shall, what? Have them. Believe that you've got it and you'll get it. Hallelujah. So your dreams then become a reality. I mean, for example, we could use our building. Our building has been a dream for a, a number of years. We're believing God and we're working together and we're giving and we're serving and we're, we're expecting, right? But now it's becoming a reality. Takes work, takes effort, takes faith. Every step is a step of faith. Well, we couldn't give up. We're just giving. You know, some people, they only are moved by what they see. Then others, they have enough vision that they can believe, and people gave for years toward the effort, believing that we're going to fulfill the dream. But you had to believe. Obviously, you believe something if you're going to give toward it to help make it happen. And so you believe, you sow into it with expectation. You have a hope. You have a dream. Well, now it's becoming a reality. So the reality can be enjoyed. So you believe it and you receive it. You have it and you can enjoy it. That's God's will in our life. To walk by faith. Now let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Short little scripture. says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. I drove here this morning, but I got to the platform by walking. I got into this building by walking. We walk by faith. It is a walk. It is a step at a time. You have to take steps of faith. Well, you get up every morning. You have to have hope to get up, don't you? You know, there are some people that will not get up. They'll lie in bed, and they'll do nothing. They have no drive, no sense of uh, urgency. They don't want to get up and do something with their life. And people do that on every kind of level. Well, God wants you to go places in life, go places you've never gone, do things you've never done, meet people you've never met. God wants you to dream. He didn't want you to get up every day doing the same old, same old, same old, no dream, no vision. Even on your job, you want it to excel. You may not have to change jobs to have fulfillment. You just want this job to be the best it can be. 
I mean, when you get on your job, I mean, everybody else, you know, maybe around you are mediocre. They're satisfied with where they're at. But you go to your job, you believe it can be better than it was yesterday. You believe you can excel. You can do better than you've ever done before. You believe you can be the best uh, uh, administrative assistant secretary. You can be the best uh, uh, carpenter. You can be the best plumber. You can be the best uh, 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 salesperson. You can be the best at whatever you do. If you're a doctor, you can be the best doctor. I mean, you'd be the talk of the town. Right? You'd be the talk of your job. You know, and then there's some, you know, that they like mediocrity, so they'll talk about you. But don't be bothered by people that talk about you. People talk about the best. They're intimidated. It bothers them for somebody to be a little better, a cut above. Well, go ahead. Let them talk. They're going to talk about you anyway. You might as well have something good to say. When it all comes down, when it all's boiled down, then people realize that they're just jealous. You'd rather them talk about you because you excelled than you would talk about you because you were lazy. Right? Oh, they're just trying to get, get to the boss. Well, who else should I be pleasing around here? You could lose your job pleasing the person that works beside you. Right? You should be trying to please the boss. I mean, what are you there for? If he's signing your check or she's signing your check, you ought to be happy to please them. And so, you ought to be excelling on your job. It takes faith to go above mediocrity. It takes faith to be the best at what you do. It takes an attitude of faith to be excellent. Mediocrity doesn't take much. But it takes faith to be the best at what you do. To be excellent. So you want to be that kind of person. We walk by faith, not by sight. So if everybody else is settled down here, then I'm seeing something that they don't see. I'm seeing something that other people don't even see right now. You got to see beyond mediocrity. You got to see beyond the present. If everybody's settled here, we're moving up. Glory to God. How many want to go up in life? You know, when people are looking for people to promote, if, if, if managers of companies or, or, or people that own corporations, if they're, if they're looking for people to promote, they're not looking for the people that are lazy. They're not looking for people that just want to get by. Just do enough to keep their job. I figured I'd get a lot of amens out of this. No, they're looking for people who are above, who are above average, at least above average. They're, they're, they're shooting for excellence. They want to go up. They're not satisfied with the status quo. They have a spirit of excellence and a spirit of faith. All right, we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. 
to break a record, whether it's running or racing or whatever it may be, shooting baskets, whatever it may be, to break a record, you got to see beyond. you got to believe you can do something that's never been done. I mean, when I was a kid, they used to say, and still some people probably do because they just haven't even recognized things have changed. That's like a man on the moon. Well, that's an odd statement to people that grew up their whole life. People have been going to the moon. That's no big deal. But before people went to the moon, they used to say, that's like a man on the moon, like that was impossible. But then somebody walked on the moon. I remember as a kid, I'm watching it on television. Think about it. There were people in that day that even though they saw it on television, they thought they manipulated things. Because it's impossible for somebody to be on the moon, but they're walking. They don't believe it, even though they see it. That's really bad, isn't it? You can't believe before you see. You can't believe when you see. I mean, that is doubt personified. I mean, this is doubt city. But see, somebody had to believe beyond what you could see in order to do what seemed impossible to most people. Pastor Mark Hankins used the illustration of Chuck Yeager who broke the sound barrier. You know, people thought you were going to explode. You're not going to break the sound barrier. But he kept at it. Kept at it. Until they broke the sound barrier. And they thought Chuck was gone when they heard that boom. They thought Chuck's over. <laughs> Chuck just died. No, Chuck's making commercials. And you're getting your regular salary. But when they came to him to do it, and they said, well, well, we'll give you this. He said, no, that's my job. So he just did what he was, his job was. But you know what? He got promoted afterwards. And so in life, if you'll just do your job and just treat it like, that's my responsibility. Some people, they want the raise before they get the, get the job done. You get the bonus after you perform. I'm just helping you in life, praise God. You got their hand out. No, put your hand in your pocket or get it busy. Amen. And I can tell you, the blessing will come because your performance will provide. If you are faithful to excel and if you will do something with what God puts in your hand and you'll believe God to excel in your life, there'll be some blessing come your way. And if they don't recognize it, I'll guarantee you there's somebody that will. Sooner or later, somebody will recognize, oh, they are great value right there. That person is a value. Now, we're just talking about walking by faith, but we do want to apply it to life, don't we? Now, you can just apply it to any part of your life. I, I, personally, faith is not just something I believe in when I come to church. I have to exercise faith. I'm the pastor of the church, of course. I have to exercise faith, believe God for the funds to come for that building, but I have to exercise faith every day. Because there's all kinds of uh, uh, adversities. There's all kinds of things that come up. They weren't done right. This is not this, this, this. 
you know, you got to make decisions. You can't get discouraged and quit. If I was going to quit, I'd have quit before I started. You know, as a pastor, I've pastored for 24 years. I would have quit long ago if I was a quitter. In your life, you'd have quit long ago if you were a quitter. How many quitters we have here? Don't raise your hand. We don't want to embarrass you in church. We're trying to help you. Somebody say, I'm not a quitter. You know, quitters never win. But winners never quit. You don't give in. You don't give in to the pressures. We all have pressures. As long as you're in this world, you're going to have pressure. Some people, no pressure, no pressure. Go to Jamaica, you can say that. No pressure, no problem. But while you don't want any pressure, you're going to have to perform. And the truth is, we all have pressure. Even those Jamaicans that say, no pressure, no problem. Because the same guy that was cooking eggs for us in the morning, he also got a little upset, started complaining. Not very often did that happen, because most of the time they're real happy. No pressure, no problem. But he thought that somebody had taken advantage of him, so he started expressing it. Not a good thing. Not a good thing on your job. Have an attitude of faith. Do you know if you're going to express discontent, then you need to express it to the right people. You know who the right people are? People who can do something about it. You know discontent breeds discontentment. If you are, if you are saying things negative on your job to people around you, well, the boss this, the boss that, they this, they that, you know, you're doing nothing for yourself. You're not doing yourself any favor whatsoever. Because what you're doing is you're sowing discord. If you're going to walk by faith, then you have to believe when you don't see everything right. You've got you to choose your words carefully. Praise God. Now, I know some of you are getting a little nervous when I talk about these things. But we're trying to help you. God wants to help you. And he wants you to walk by faith and walk in love. Faith worketh by what? Love. So if you have an attitude of faith and an attitude of love, you can't lose. You're going to always win in life. You'll always go up. If you have an attitude of faith and an attitude of love. Now, your love will be challenged. All you got to do is have a few people around you. Get married. Right? Have kids. Your love life will be challenged. Get a job. Meet a new person. Your love life will be challenged. See, people run from challenge. You ought to run right at it. Faith runs. He says, I can believe I can run through a troop. He didn't say, I run around a troop. No, he said, I run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. That's the kind of spirit you need to have. You know, Joshua and Caleb in the Old Testament, it, it, they were uh, told to go in and spy out the land. So actually, there were 10 other spies, 12 total. 
And 10 spies came back with an evil report. You know what an evil report was? Hebrews tells us what it is. An evil report of unbelief. In other words, they didn't believe. They didn't believe. So an evil report of unbelief. They came back with an evil report. Their evil report was this. They're giants over there. Okay, they're giants. We got that. They're giants there. What does that mean? Well, that means we could die. That means we can't go in there. To them, that's what it meant. But then there's Joshua and Caleb. They said, we're well able. So you have to choose which side you're going to be on. You're going to be on a spirit of faith side or you're going to be on an unbelief side. In life, every day you are faced with these choices. So you make up your mind, I'm going to walk by faith, not by sight. Because their sight told them they're giants over there. Giants mean we die, they live, we lose, they win. But to Joshua and Caleb, he said, they're bread for us. Praise God. So we could get up in the morning, make sure the toaster's plugged in, put a piece of toast in, bread in, toast it up, take it out, put some butter on it, put some jelly on it, enjoy your, your bread. To them, that's how simple it was. We have a spirit of faith. They're bread for us. We are well able, and we're going in. Now, their spirit of faith was contagious. Just like unbelief was contagious. That's why on your job, you have to have a spirit of faith. If you have a business, have a spirit of faith. If you come to church, have a spirit of faith. If you work in the nursery, have a spirit of faith. If you work in the children's ministry, spirit of faith. If you work in the youth ministry or the ladies' ministry or whatever area of ministry, you have a spirit of faith. Whatever you do in life, have a spirit of faith. Because there's always somebody says, hey, John. You know we're going to die if we go over there. And they're sowing this unbelief. We can't do it. Vision is being communicated in the church, and then there's somebody says, oh, we can't do that. Well, just watch and see. While others who believe, do it. Others who have a spirit of faith, do it. How many want to be one of those on Joshua and Caleb's side? You want to be on God's side. You want to be on the side of believing God with expectation. Praise God. We walk by faith, and we're going to march into that land, and we're well able to take those giants, and they're coming down. Praise God. As long as you live in this world, you're going to have adversity. As long as you live in this world, you're going to have a giant, so to speak, in your land. But God promised you the land. God promised you that. And so you need to, you need to believe God and expect God to do what he said he would do. He's, and you're well able, you're well equipped, you're more than enough, more than a match, you're more than a conqueror. He didn't say you're just a conqueror. He said you are more than a conqueror. First John said, whatever is born of God or whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So faith is a victory that overcomes the world. If you never had an obstacle, you'd never know you could overcome. But 
If you believe God in the face of your obstacle, in the face of your giant, when the giant is in front of you, praise God, you do what Mark eleven twenty three 23 Whosoever, are you there? Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, I'm glad that I'm a whosoever. Have we got any whosoever's in the house this morning? You are whosoever. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Why don't you turn there in your Bibles? Whosoever shall say. So believing is obviously not enough. We believe, but we need to say what we believe. We walk by faith, but sometimes you got to do like the woman with the issue of blood who's been bleeding for 12 years. She's weak. She's suffered many things and many physicians, but she's walking toward Jesus. And it says, she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. So while she's walking by faith, she's talking by faith. She said, some translations say, she kept saying, so you got to keep saying, if you're going to maintain a spirit of faith, you got to keep saying, well, I believe when I touch his garment, I shall be whole. You got to believe and keep saying, we're well able. So you can't just say it once. We're well able to take the land. We're well able. Those giants are bred for us. Praise God. When they were marching around Jericho, Joshua said, just be quiet. You know why he said, be quiet? Don't say anything. Just march. Because he knew that there's some people in the camp that would start saying, what are we doing? I think Joshua's lost his mind. Sure. Because he told them to do it every day. Every day, they're out there marching around the wall, big old thick wall. You can run chariot horses around. You have chariot races on the top of the wall. And we're marching around the wall. They're inside. We're outside. <laughs> Joshua said, march. He said, for the Lord has given you the city. That's what God told him. Yes. For I've given you the city. I've given means I've already given. Yes. But there's a big wall between us and them. Yes. Right? So he said, march around the city. Don't say anything. Seventh day, he said, march seven times. On the seventh time, I want you to shout. Finally, let them say something. I mean, for seven days, they couldn't say anything to each other. You know they're ready to shout by now. They've been saving up for seven days. So he said, on the seventh time, I want you to shout with a great shout. And the wall fell down flat. Now, that doesn't make sense to natural-minded people because natural-minded people on the first day, Joshua is out of his mind. I'm not marching around this wall. See that tree over there, shade tree right there? That's where I'll be. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I've been around work long enough to see him. I'll be right over there. Everybody else is producing. We'll be right over there. <laughs> or you can't even find them a half the day. Finally, you find them sitting over in a corner somewhere drinking coffee. Non-productive. Wasting time. 
But for seven days, they marched around just obedient, doing what the Lord, the Lord said through the man of God. They just kept marching. On the seventh time, they shouted. You got to shout to your wall. You got to talk to your wall. He said, Mark eleven twenty three. you're there? For whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. He didn't say talk about the mountain. Is that what your Bible said? He didn't say, whosoever shall talk about his mountain, whosoever shall talk about his problem, whosoever shall uh, uh, magnify his problem, whosoever shall uh, have fellowship about his problem. Call people up on the phone, tell them about their problem. Call 10 people, 10 friends. I got a problem. Tell them your problem. Fellowship about the problem. Hang up. And all the friends say, hope they don't call again. <laughs> don't get me wrong. There's a time to talk to people. I'm not talking about that. But you can't keep talking about your problem. You got to talk to your problem. He said, whosoever shall say to this mountain. Romans 8 says, what shall we say to these things? He didn't say, what shall we say about these things? He said, what shall we say to these things? He said here in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt, where? In his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He'll have what? What he says. So if you march around your wall seven days and say, that wall's not coming down. Joshua is kidding us. We're going to be the laughingstock of this city. But if you walk around the wall and say, God said the wall's coming down. God said the mountain's moving. Hallelujah. So I'm going to do my part. I'm going to say what God says. I'm going to agree with God. I'm going to say to my mountain. I'm going to say to my situation. I'm going to say to that sickness or disease. I'm going to say to that lack. I'm going to say to that fear. I'm going to say to that curse. I'm going to say to that whatever it may be, I'm going to talk to that thing, and it's going to move, and it's going to cast itself into the sea. Praise God. Where it will not be seen again. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, if you'll believe it in your heart, not just your head, because sometimes you know their head's messing with them, walking around the wall. That's why Joshua said, just don't say a word. Because their head's talking to them the whole time. And so when your head is talking to you, your natural reasoning is talking to you, it's impossible. It's not going to work. You're a fool. You know what your, your daddy said. You know what your mama said. You know what your sister said. You know what your cousin said. You've lost it. You're going too far with that stuff. Believe in God and all that faith in God and believe in the Bible. Hallelujah. I'm too far gone. Y'all just go ahead and enjoy it. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've already been there, done that. It worked. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Somebody look at me like that. I can, I can assure you, I've already been down the road. I'm just teaching you this thing works. Praise God. I've already been down this road. I've walked by faith. And again and again and again, the giants came down. Hallelujah. Again and again and again, the adversity was broken. Hallelujah. Again and again, every time the devil stuck his head up and said, we're going to stop you. He didn't stop me then. He's not going to stop me now. He didn't stop you then. He's not going to stop you now. You're still here. Hallelujah. You might be limping, but you're still here. Glory to God. Praise God. It's not over till you win. It's not over, so don't give in. I said it's not over till you overcome. It's not over till you master that situation. It's not over till your mountain comes down. It's not over till your wall comes down. It's not over till your sickness is dissolved. It's not over till your fear is resolved. It's not over. It works. It works. Jesus said, Jesus, right here in this verse said, you'll have what you say. So what you say does matter. So if you don't like what you have, change what you're saying. Hallelujah. Change your words and you'll change the outcome. Change your words and you'll change your life. Change your words, you'll change your mind. Change your words, you'll change your body. From sickness to health, praise God. Change your words, you'll change from poverty to wealth. Change your words and you'll change. Things around you will change. Circumstances, the scenery will change. Hallelujah. Things can change. People can change. Your husband can change. Your wife can change. You have to believe. Believe in life. Believe that God can change a life. Believe that God can change your children. Believe that God can change your husband, your wife, your, your family members. Believe that God can work in their heart. Believe that God can give them a new start. God is able. Not just able. All he needs is a mustard seed of faith. Hallelujah. All he needs is somebody that'll believe God, somebody that'll have favorable expectation and believe that God will perform his word in their life. That's all he needs is somebody that'll agree with him instead of what they see in the natural. Somebody that'll believe God and defy the obstacles that are in their life. Defy the mountains that try to rise up in front of them. Praise be unto God. You need to start talking to your mountain, talking to your situation. Say what God says about your life. Say what God says. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Life, Proverbs 18 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What you say is what you're going to eat. What you say is what you're going to receive. What you say is what you're going to live in. That's going to be your environment. You produce by your words the environment in which you live. 
Praise God. All of life is relative. You think you got it bad. How would you like to be in Iraq? Come on. Think about it. Life is relative. Your obstacles are few. If you compare your life with much of the world and most of the world, you got it made. Without even hardly believing God. So, exercise your faith where you live. And so that you can be a blessed person and you can bless someone else that may not know what you know or have what you have or enjoy the good life that you enjoy. Praise God. My God is good. Hallelujah. Somebody say, God is good. Say it again. God is good. Praise be unto God. For those of you watching the broadcast today, we want you to know that Jesus has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your future, and he wants his best will to be accomplished in your life. Today, I encourage you to accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. Would you pray a simple prayer with me? Just say, oh God, I come to you today. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for my sin, and that you raised him again. I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are saved. You're a child of God, and God is your Father. We invite you to call us at the number on the screen. We want to send you a book free of charge, no obligation on your part. Give us a call today. God bless you. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words have the ability to destroy life or to build and create life. What mountain are you climbing with your words? The wrong words can have a devastating effect, but the right words can create the world you've dreamed of. Pastor David Sheeran's creative power of words will help you to overcome the obstacles that keep you from a victorious life. Includes the titles, Believing, Saying, Acting, Heart Faith, Mouth Confession, Creative Power of Words, High Priest of Our Confession, and Seeing the Unseen. Call now, 866-700-WORD, and order The Creative Power of Words, or visit us on the web at thewordforliving.com. This empowering series is available on CD for $30 or DVD for $35. Buy today and begin creating the world you've only dreamed of. Call 866-700-WORD. That's 866-700-WORD. Or visit us online at thewordforliving.com.